And the rest of us are going to continue this morning in a new sermon series called uh, How We Worship. And uh, I don't know if you think very much about worship. I know we, this morning we, we worship together. We have worship on Sunday mornings. And many, time, many times after a, a service like this, people will say, you know, well, how was worship today? And, and that could be a discussion of the entirety of our gathering time together, right? But many times people will say, oh, the worship was great. Ah, oh, the worship was okay. Or the worship wasn't that great at all. And what they often will mean is not necessarily our communal gathering time, not necessarily a time in our word, but the time in song. I want us to think about that as we're doing this series. It'll be a quick little series here, but it's rooted in Psalm 96. I don't know if you all get our tweets or not, but we send out tweets as well. And I mentioned in a tweet that we were going to be looking at Psalm 96 this week. And so hopefully you had a chance to read it and think about it, pray through a little bit. But we're going to think about what it means to worship in a larger context of our lives. And we're going to let the scriptures inform us. Rather than us tell God what we think worship is, we're going to let the scriptures say what God says worship is and why that matters and why it could change our life. And I think this is true how, if we choose to live a life of worship or not. So I kind of laid out a couple of things we think about, and we're going to literally start, and you'll see this morning, over half the psalm is about song. So if you're one of those folks that believe that worship is about singing and about music and about instrumentation and about that form of, of praise, you're not wrong. Literally half of the psalm is dedicated to singing, but we're also going to talk then about how we can worship throughout our life, because many times, I don't know about you, but there's not always a band around, right? And maybe there's not even music around. And, and what does our life look like whenever we're worshiping God? Worship is a corporate thing, right? You come in this place, and you gather together, you sing songs together. That, that's kind of unique. Uh, many of us will go to a concert, maybe, and we'll sing the so songs of our favorite bands, right? Many times, we'll go to places, and we won't know the words, and we'll just listen to a really good band. Have you guys done that before? But also... It's not just about corporate, together, communal gathering, but it's about each of us individually. It's about our heart, about our spirit, about what we're doing in our lives. And then all of a sudden, you, you can take worship out of this context of how is worship today. You can take it out of this Sunday morning conversation, and you can then begin to expand it in your life and think, how is, is my life worshipful in form, in the way I live do I live a worshipful life? And with that in mind, then, you think, well, we're going to talk about today, the, the focus is sing, and we sing to God. That's what we do. But not just on Sunday mornings, and hopefully not just on, like, maybe Tuesday mornings when you remember the songs from Sunday mornings, but, but maybe in your actual life, you find ways to sing to God. And we're going to talk about that today, so hope that's a blessing to you. I don't know if you've had that before where you've thought much about music and the way music works. Uh, I made a case for, with you before that music has a unique place in human culture. Music is universal. Everyone sings. Everyone, everywhere I've ever gone sings. I've never known a people who don't sing. Maybe you can think of one and you can say, hey, there's one tribe that never sang, but I've never heard of it. It's very much who we are. As a matter of fact, from our earliest days, we may have had someone singing over us speaking words of affirmation or words of joy or silly songs, right? Our family loves silly songs. Made-up lyrics. This never been said before. We are people who sing. And so we're going to think about that and how that, what that means that song is so integrated into our lives 
by how we're made. We're going to do what we always do. We're going to pray, and then we're going to jump into Psalm 96, the first six verses today is all we're going to do, and uh, we're going to see what God has for us. But if you would, would you pray with me again for wisdom? Father God, we thank you that we've come into your house, and we have already sang praises to you, Father. We've gathered here in your name, and we've, we've, we've looked to you, Father God. We've sang songs about you and who you are. And now this morning, we're going to turn into your word, and we're going to reflect upon what it means to worship you. Lord, I'm going to ask this morning that you would give us wisdom to understand how you made us, how song is uniquely integrated into our our soul, into our minds, into our hearts, and indeed into our lives. And and then, Father, maybe how we could think differently about that or or how we could be more worshipful as your people. Um, Teach us that today, Father. Um, We ask you for wisdom because we have none of our own. Would you teach us by your Holy Spirit's power that the word would be integrated into our lives in a real way. We'd be changed because we met you today. We love you so much. We pray this prayer in the powerful the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, so you can turn to Psm 96. If you didn't bring a Bible with you, get them on the end of the chair rows as well, if you want to around you with an arm's distance is the goal. Uh, Psalm 96, one through six. And I'm going to read all six verses, and then we're just going to kind of talk through it. The, the whole psalm is 13 verses, not very long at all. So if you've ever wanted to read along as we studied a book of the Bible, this is a chapter of a book, by the way, then uh, this is an easy one to do. So maybe read this this week. Psalm 96, verse 1. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord and praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all people. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are in his sanctuary. It's worth noting, by the way, and we've said this before, but I'll say it again. The book of Psalms is a book of songs. It actually sounds like the same, like the word Psalms and songs sounds the same. It's literally a book of poetry. And, and if you've not read the Psalms, you might be surprised by how diverse the voice of the Psalms are. The songs that we sing to God. Some of us have been reading the Bible in a year, and I mentioned this to a friend of mine a couple weeks ago, that I was, I always loved the Psalms. I love the Psalms. And reading, them in the, reading the Bible in a year, I thought, oh, we're, I'm going to get to the Psalms. This is awesome. But I found it very hard to read the Psalms at that pace, because I kept thinking, how can you sing that? There's so many places that we sing to God. All, this is captured right in the middle of this book of all these songs written to the Lord. But we're going to talk this morning then about what it means to sing. So the first thing, and, and, and this is, oh, look, we have things. We have slides. <laughs> awesome. Good job. So, so, um, so yeah, there's three boxes here on the back of your engagement sheet. Hopefully you got one of those. And this is for you note-taking, by the way. This top goes home with you. You know, click that. The bottom gets dropped in the joy box. Woo! Snuck it in. In the middle of the sermon. Look at that. That was unexpected, wasn't it? And, and so we're going to kind of fill this out in this little graphic and, and think about what we do, how we worship God. And I already kind of let the cat out of the bag, but the first thing is we do is we do what? We sing. We sing. That's the first way that we worship God. We sing. Matter of fact, read the psalm, first three verses. This is what it says. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Praise his name. It literally says sing, sing, sing. Like It's like sing, sing, sing. That's 
The command, by the way, notice it doesn't say, um, if you feel like it, sing. <laughs> it doesn't say, if things are going well, sing. This is why the Psalms are so robust, because we sing to God all the time, in good times and in bad. But it's literally a command. If you look at the word there, it's commanded to us as the people of God to sing, sing, sing. The word there is an imperative command. It's something that we must do. It's not a suggestion that we could consider or not and leave it and take it and whatever. As a matter of fact, I've said to you already that song has a unique place in our lives, and the words that we sing will shape who we are. The words that we integrate into our minds and our hearts through song, listen to me, will stay with us for a lifetime. Do you believe that's true? Do you remember your favorite song when you were a teenager? Everyone does. Everyone does, though. See, she says it because she's still a teenager, but all of us do. Us old people, we remember. I remember my first album on cassette with a Walkman. That's how old I am, y'all. Old school. And that song got integrated into my life. Matter of fact, I was the first generation, I think, is this true, to walk around with portable headset on, that you could literally walk around your life listening to the soundtrack that made it go. You could integrate your experiences with the sound that got stuck into your head, into your heart, and indeed into your soul. And for that reason, the songs that I sang still resonate to this day. I can flash back to a moment in my life. I can flash back to an experience or a time, a season, an experience. Uh, uh, um, an experience, I can't say it another way, but like a, a trip I'd had or, or a relationship I was in. See, it, it, it gets in us. And, and here then God commands it of us. I, I want to say this, that long before I was a teenager, God had commanded his people to sing. It's not like we invented rock and roll, y'all. God invented rock and roll because he invented music and he put it in our souls and then we sang. But what are we singing about? God says, Sing to me. What does the word say? Sing to the Lord. Sing, sing, sing. Um, I, I find this really interesting, but the, uh, the word sing, I'm like, I always look into what words mean because I'm just how I operate, you know? And it, this is fascinating. It's, I'm going to try to say this right because I've been getting it wrong all week, but it's a strolling, it, no wait, it's strolling minstrelly minstrelly, which is a really dangerous word to say, but, but you're, you, you, it means to sing as you walk. That's what it means. Have you ever, I always think about um, Monty Python. Huh? I do, right? They're going through the woods. You remember, right? They're walking around singing. I can't remember the lyrics. Anybody know the lyrics? Yeah? He ran away. He ran away. Remember the song? All right. Well, maybe it's just me. But that's, the, that's what the model for singing is in the Bible. See, here's the funny thing. The Bible here, when it commands us to sing, it doesn't command us to sing, to stand at attention, and to look. Now, that's really fun. I've been in a choir before. It's really fun to stand in a robe and sing and sway and, you know, get your groove on and be with your people. But it, it's more like Monty Python. It's more as you're galloping through the woods, right? It's more as you're hanging out with your merry band of idiots, right? That's where you sing. You sing as you go through life. You sing when things are really happening. You don't wait till you're cloistered somewhere to sing, but you sing through your life. That's what it means. It means to strum, to walk. I showed you this before. This is my favorite instrument that I have. For those of you guys who are uh, musicians, 
I apologize, I'm not, <laughs> okay? But I keep buying stuff to play with, and, and what I've realized is that there are certain things that are easier to play than others. This is super easy to play. This is probably my most played instrument because it's so easy to play. I can't play anything for you this morning, but I can walk and play, you know? And if I was really talented, I could sing while I walked and played, but I'm not. But that's what it means. It means to sing as you go throughout your life. I don't mean carry your cigar box guitar around with you when you live, but I do mean to, uh, to, to walk around and to sing through your life, to, to not wait till those moments whenever we're gathered and there's an excuse and you're permissed and you're loud. And, and do I have any shower singers here this morning? Come on, you can fess up. One. Thank you, Ben. Okay, a few more, a few more. Listen, there, God made acoustics and showers for a reason, <laughs> Right? All those bouncy surfaces, you just get, it's like a choir, isn't it? It's a choir in the shower, and you think the water's loud, nobody can hear you. Of course, those of you who live with us know that's not true. <laughs> you can hear us. So what? But that's not what we're, we can sing in the shower, sure. You, you can sing when you're gathered and you have an, you can sing when the band's so loud at your favorite venue that you can't be heard, but you can sing in your life. You can sing as you walk. You can sing as you stroll. The songs come to your hearts. Many times, uh, I think um, about a great blessing that came to our community, came through Joy FM, um, for many of us, I know. It, it, some of us just love Joy FM. What, what is happening with Joy FM? It's taking singing and worship out of a Sunday morning context and just making it integrated in your life. It's being able to get in your car and drive and sing with someone else, right, a song to the Lord. It really changes things, I've noticed, if you're listening to worship music as you drive. I've noticed that I'm a little less heated. I'm a little less, uh, when I get places, I'm in a better mood. Isn't that strange? I mean, I love rock and roll, right? I'm not mad at it, but I get there. I, I can be aggressive. No, he says, uh, sing, sing, sing. It's an imperative command from the one who made us. I mentioned already, but I want to go back to it. It says what? Look at just what the word says. I hope you're looking at it. It says, sing to the Lord. It doesn't just say sing whatever you want to sing, right? It says, sing to the Lord, to the Lord. I want to mention a few things here and think about it. First of all, anytime there's capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, it's Yahweh. And I only mention that because Yahweh is the holy name of God. Like, it's the, God, it's, it's the name of God you wouldn't say aloud. Um, and and so when it says, that's why it says Lord, because you don't say Yahweh. It's more like when, you know, like that. That's like, it's like breath giver, life giver. But I want you to notice that it says sing to the Lord. And that means that we're not just singing our favorite songs about any old thing, but in worship, we're singing songs to God, God self. As a matter of fact, I would say this, and I've said to you, you can change your life by how you live. But you can sing a song to the God who made you. Listen, you can sing a song to the God who knows you. Indeed, you can sing the song to the God who put the song in your heart you're saying back to him. That's the totality of the gospel. That's the reality of who we are, that we are invited into an intimate relationship where we can speak back to the God who spoke life into us. Sing to the Lord. That means when we're worshiping, particularly and living a life of intentional worship, we have an audience of one person. By the way, this is why it doesn't matter if the person next to you on the freeway thinks you're crazy. It's fine, because it's not about you. Maybe it's not even about 
us, but it's about God and who God is. So the word says, sing, sing, sing to the Lord, the audience of one. So that's kind of just the, the, the beginning of the first three. Now we're going to kind of walk through. What, is it, what are we commanded to sing then? We're commanded to sing to the Lord, Yahweh, but what are we commanded to sing? And I love, right out of the gate, the psalmist is like, and the first thing you're going to sing is what? A new song, a new song. And so we're going to break this into three parts, and I'm going to explain why we break it into three parts. It, it, it'll make sense as we go. But sing a new song, and a song is a lyric. It's a, of praise or worship. It's with music with instruments, with others in parts. I'm going to break all that out real quickly for you, what it could be. But the first thing I want you to see is when we sing, we sing in the morning. The, the first one is we sing in the morning, and that is a new song. That we begin each day with a new song to God. Hmm, that's interesting to me. Um, as a matter of fact, I wonder, have you ever tried? Have you ever thought seriously about the first command of Psalm 96, 1, that says, sing a new song to the Lord, or sing to the Lord a new song. I have thought about this before I ever preached about it. I, I sensed in my life an, a desire and a motivation to sing to God. And I, you know me, I'm not a singer. I mean, I'm not a singer, but I sing to God. And then I began to wonder, like, what would a new song for God sound like? What would the lyrics be? What would the musicality be? Who would be involved with the song? How would the song go? This is an intimate time. It's, it's, a, it's a time of reflection. It's a time of thinking what, what we believe about the God who made us, what we've learned or what we know or what we need. A brand new song each day. I said to you that I'm going to walk this out a little bit, but a song can be a simple lyric. The, the Psalms, if you didn't hear it when I read it, it reads like poetry. Beautiful. You ever been to a spoken word event? They just say words intentionally. It's like, wow, that's different than the way you use language all the time. So a song can just be a lyrics, a poem to God. It, it, it's a poem of praise and worship, of, of adoration, of recognition, or identification of who God is. But that's a worship song. That's singing worship right there. It can include music. It doesn't have to. It can include a, a tune. As a matter of fact, a song to God can be a tune without words. Have you ever had that experience or heard someone who had that experience where they just get a melody in their head? I know this song. Maybe you played on a keyboard or you played on a guitar. What is this song? It's, just, it's a song. It's maybe a new song. One of my favorite quotes in this, by the way, um, came, comes from uh, Willie Nelson. He said, great music is music that you think you've heard before, but it's different enough that it still surprises you. Something like that. You think, I know that song, but you don't know that song. It's a brand new song. But I've kind of heard it before. That's what a song is. And, and, and that's how our songs are to God. It's like a new song, familiar but different. Can it have music with it? Can it be instrument? Can it be our voices just singing melodiously? Can it be instrumentation, right? A band, a drummer, a bass guitarist, a guitarist, a keyboardist, a, a kazooist, right? Any kazooists in the house? I'm a kazooist. I tried to play ones recently. They're really harder than I remember. <laughs> I was a kid. I played the whistle. You have that whistle? Woo! That guy. See, you can make music. You guys can do it. With others. I mentioned wanting to be in a choir. 
Like, I've been, I mean, I've been in the choir, but maybe you get in the choir, and then you get the robe on, and you get the sway going. I love the sway for the choirs, right? You get to sing with people. That's so much fun. Get a little, <laughs> a little step clap going. I dig that. Singing with other people. And then maybe if you get really fancy, and we do this at Highland Home, they have these things called hymnals. Have you heard of this? It's like a book, almost like the Bible, but it's full of songs. Have you ever heard of that? There's like little black dots on paper that people can read. I don't know what those mean. I just pretend to know, and we sing together. But if you're really good, you can sing in parts. That means when one person is singing up here like, and someone's down here like, and they're like, and that's what it sounds like when I do it. But when other people do it, it sounds really good. You're like, wow. Wow, we harmonized. We, we came together. You guys, all seven of us, sounded really good together. That can be worship as well. It can be a new song, but it can be any of those things. I love that moment, by the way, if you ever listen to the radio and you've had a new song, and you're like, I love this song, and you never heard it before. You just know it's going to be like one of your songs. That's a new song. We sing a new song to the Lord. It's what the word says. Sing to the Lord a new song. The idea is that... And we're going to tie this to morning, so we're going to go kind of morning, midday, evening. But that, 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 that also, there are times, seasons of our lives that are for newness. I just feel like things are stale. Lord, show me something new. Show me something different that I've not discovered before. Show me, take me on a journey with you. And we can learn and we can sing new praises. We can sing new praises. As a matter of fact, you might wonder, well, why would we sing a new song, or why would we sing a fresh song? Why don't we sing the old songs, like whenever I was a kid? Because those were the best songs, right? That's what we often think. Why don't we sing a new song? In the, um, see where I got it here, in the book of Lamentations. Lamentations 3, this is what the word says. It says that, I'm going to read it, and I'm going to talk about it for a sec. Because of the Lord's great love, we're not consumed, for his compassions never fail. And listen to what the word says then. His compassions are new every morning. Great is your God's faithfulness. Every morning, God has new compassions for us. Every morning, God has new blessing for us. And why we sing a new song in the morning is because the day is anew again, that God is with us again, and that his compassion is new again. You can choose, I've been so struck by this lately, you can choose to look at your life as an, as an utter tragedy or a complete blessing, and it's the same life. Do you, do you see what you've been preserved from or only what you've been denied? His compassions are new every morning. I said I'll mention this, and I'm not going to preach it, but I want to talk. It, Lamentations is in the middle of talking about how bad things are. And in the middle of saying how bad things are, the author of Lamentations says, but his compassions are new every morning, and great is his faithfulness. He won't quit on us. He loves us. So what does it look like to praise the Lord in the morning? And you know, wake up singing? I think about this as I swing my feet over the bed sometimes. Matter of fact, I don't know if you guys are snoozers. I'm a snoozer. <laughs> and the way I snooze sometimes as I snooze in, like, prayer and worship. I just go, like, I just need another minute to sleep and pray. <laughs> and I kind of ease into my day. And I let that be before my feet hit the bed and before I do anything else and before I answer text messages and before I get on my favorite application and before I do these other things with my little device in my hands, I spend a minute talking to God. And sometimes I get a little more sleep out of that. <laughs> but you can wake up with a new song. I mentioned singing in the shower. That's a great place to do it. 
seen in the shower. As a matter of fact, some of this is rooted in Judaism, and for Judaism, you sang before you ate breakfast. You woke up with praise in your heart. The command was to sing before you eat, that God might, that you might remember the great God has preserved you for yet another day, and the one who is providing for this day that's coming. We can sing in the morning. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth, all the earth. And this one we interpret as midday. And that's, that's not exact. We're going to talk about why that is. But sing to the Lord all the earth. That's each and every part of the earth should sing to the Lord, should praise the Lord. Everything that we see. We sang a song this morning. Let all the moons and all the stars and all the universe. That is a big song. That not just you glorify God and I glorify God and we glorify God, but that the heavens declare the glory of the Lord. That when we walk out today and we see, did you all woke up this morning and see the mist? The mist that was hovering? And my wife says right away, it's supposed to burn off and be a beautiful day. It's beautiful as it is. Do you look outside right now and do you see the trees that reach up toward the sun? Do you see the grass that comes in the spring or do you see the leaves that fall in the fall? Do you see the cycles and the patterns, the glory that God has revealed? I told you this story one time, but I remember I was out in the Colorado Rocky Mountains, and I was doing a youth camp, and I was out there with a bunch of students, and I had been preaching to them for about, I don't know, four days or something like that, preaching like three, two or three times a day, just sharing the gospel and what God's doing in their life. And then one of the adults came out to me, very well-meaning, and he says, when are you going to preach the gospel? And I was standing in the Mount Rocky Mountains, <laughs> and the trees are like this. And the birds are singing, and there's animals that will eat you in those mountains. And I go, do you not see the gospel? Are we not surrounded by the gospel? Do we not know the glory of God? This is the idea that all the earth, from the smallest bird to the greatest beast, sings the songs. Have you ever heard whales sing? Have you heard that? Wow. It's, it's familiar but different. You can almost hear it. As a matter of, I mean, you can almost interpret it, I should say. As a matter of fact, there are people who scientifically have begun to make language for whales. And they can play whale songs back to whales, and whales play songs back to the researchers. They're singing. All creation, all the earth, the word says. Let each one, let everyone, let the whole thing, totality, praise the Lord. Sing a song. And that's from the ground to the things that grow from the ground, but most especially the nations and everything that's established, sing to the Lord. Why would, we, uh, why would we call this midday? It's the busyness of life. This is why we don't say, well, we sing in the morning and we sing at night, but we don't sing in the middle of our day. No, we do. Throughout our day, find ways to be worshipful in what you're doing. Now, I'm not saying go around like, you know, like the um, uh, Monty Python, <laughs> downtown St. Louis, wherever you work, I could see this, right? <laughs> but find ways to integrate that in your life, you know? When you are in your car or under your breath as you walk, you know, you can walk around more joyful just by singing to God while you're doing something else. I just did this recently. I was just walking around. I was visiting a friend, and uh, it was in kind of a, uh, I actually happened a couple times, and I just sang under my breath a song to the Lord. What was on my heart? It changes things. It changes your attitude. It changes how you greet people. It changes how you drive. It changes how you live. 
in the middle. See, I'm, I'm, I'm convinced of this. God is interested in not being a Sunday-only God, a Sunday morning-only God, a few hours a week God, a God that you tolerate for a little bit of your life so you can have the rest of your life to yourself. But God is a God who wants to be fully integrated in our lives and our hearts in such a way that we breathe him, that we sing him, that we live him. And I don't mean in some strange way, but in an authentic, relational way that we, he goes with us wherever we go. I don't say we take him, but that's not true. He takes us. We don't take God places. God takes us places. He goes before us and behind us, above us and below us. He surrounds us in his glory, and we get to sing. In the busyness of our day, when things are heated, when things are difficult, we can sing a song to God. Here's, by the way, a great stopover point. We say midday is when we're eating. This is why often we'll stop in restaurants to pray. I'm not saying sing a song for lunch, but you know there's a thing where you're recognizing God's blessing. The blessing of the food you've packed, the blessing of the meal you're eating, the blessing of the person that provided it to you. Have this great gift from God. As a matter of fact, I want to share with you uh, Psalm 150. This is another great psalm, and I'm going to read it. You don't have to turn there. You can if you want to. And Psalm 150 is beautiful, and, and uh, it's like the, uh, the hallelujah psalm, right? Because it starts out, all this in, in, Greek, in, uh, in um, Hebrew is hallelujah. Lou-based, hallelujah. But it says this, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heavens, praise him for the acts of power, praise him for his surpassing greatness, praise him with the sounding of trumpet, praise him with the harp and lyre, praise him with tambourine and dancing, praise him with strings and flute, praise him with the clash of cymbals, praise him with resounding cymbals, let everything that has breath praise the Lord, and then it ends with praise the Lord. First of all, there's a whole bunch of instrumentation in this. It's just a cacophony of noise, right? All the symbols and the music and the instrumentation. But I love verse 6. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. We do it as we live our life. Hallelujah. We sing the song as we live our life. As we breathe, we sing to God. By the way, notice the physicality involved in praising God. I'm reminded, and I want to mention it here because this psalm is interesting. Psalm 96, we're back on 96 now, is interesting because it is captured and retold in the middle of 1 Chronicles 16. In 1 Chronicles 16, we're not going to turn there, is written about the worship before the Lord. And I mention this because that comes, um, it, would be, it would fit after uh, 2 Samuel, uh, what is it, 2 Samuel 6. And 2 Samuel 6 is interesting because that's when David dances, King David dances before the, car, the covenant, the uh, ark of the Lord. And so they're bringing God to Jerusalem. And as they're the box, they're not bringing God, but they're bringing the, the ark of the covenant to Jerusalem. And David dances. And I was reminded again last night that David danced so worshipfully. He worshiped so, um, uh, what would you say, boldly, <laughs> that Micah, the daughter of Saul, got offended by his behavior. She thought that's inappropriate to act that way. See, David danced as he sang before the Lord. And that's the truth. So Psalm 96 is actually recording when David gets the ark in Jerusalem, in Jerusalem, he then commands in Chronicles that this is the way they should worship there. This same Psalm, Psalm 96. This is how they should worship. Sing, sing, sing. These are his instructions recorded. 
And so we have this real physicality, this dynamic living experience of worship throughout the day, not just in the morning, not just in the evening, not just when we're privately alone, but when we're living our life in the, in the heat of the day. And, and when everyone can see, like Micah could see David, we sing anyway. All right. So all the earth, everything, nothing is exempt from singing to the Lord. And then verse 2, can you believe verse 2? Sing to the Lord, praise his name right? And this is to bless God. This is our evening prayer. And so you can almost imagine how this happens where it's like in the morning, it's a new blessing, a new hope for the day, a new expectation. In the middle of it all, we're singing praise to the Lord. And then as we end our day, we can end it with a song to the Lord about his faithfulness yet again, that we are indeed still his and he is still ours. Bless his name. It means to bend a knee I don't know if you had any folks in your life who were like on their knee prayers. I think it's kind of funny. It's maybe one of those things we lost as Protestants a little bit. Is the, I think we're so used to standing and, you know, whatever we do, that to take a knee. I remember when I was down at the uh, clinic, there were people praying on their knees, right? I pray in all kinds of positions, but it is funny. I, I remember, though, whenever I was a kid, I remember my grandparents used to pray on their knees beside their bed at night. I don't know if anybody does that. But it's to adore God at the end of the day, to thank God for what he's done to acknowledge the true God, Yahweh, the one who's famous and renowned. As our day kind of concludes, um, literally, uh, the, 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 um, this was taught as the three, part, uh, the three daily prayers in Judaism, and this one is, happens between sunset and midnight. It's an opportunity to thank God for the day again, the day he's given us to live and he's lived with us. So then what do, we, what do we pray? That's what we do. We sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord and praise his name at the end of the day. What do we do? Why do we praise his name? Look at what the word says. We proclaim his salvation day after day. That God is saving us as people. We proclaim his salvation. The word in Hebrew is actually Yeshua, which is where we get the name Jesus, the salvation daily proclaimed. Matter of fact, it doesn't just mean proclaim it daily, but proclaim it tomorrow and the next day, that our songs to God should continue to sing of his great love for us and his great salvation to us. That it's not one of those things that happened back there somewhere, but it's one of those things that's happening back there and now and will happen in the future, that God is saving us. We sing a song of salvation. Look at what it says. We declare his glory among the nations. I mean, do you believe that part of a gathering of any people is to glorify God? That would mean from the smallest, the word always says, right, where three or more gathered, we quote that all the time, three or more gathered, there I am amongst you. But you know, anytime there's a populace, there's three or more gathered, God is present. Is it our job to, to proclaim his deeds among the nations, to make him known amongst all peoples, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples? So we, we, sing our, we sing the song of salvation. Then we declare, we recount or count his glory among all the tribes and people groups of the earth. We remember how good he is. And then the third is we declare, count, or recount his marvelous deeds. And that's his miraculous intervention, his extraordinariness to all peoples. And that's different than nations. And I just want to mention that as we move past this. But a group of people glorifying God for who God is, is awesome. And pray, you know, that's what we're called to do, nations, people groups, churches, praise the Lord. But then also we're to proclaim the miracle of God for each one of us individually. 
And we really need someone to come and say, do you know you're a miracle? And do you know you're not forgotten? And you know what God did for you? And you know what God's going to do for you? And we can believe and stand on the promises of God. If you've not read the Old Testament, the Old Testament is ripe with people obeying and disobeying God and him blessing them and holding them back, but never destroying them. He ultimately loves us. And so we proclaim the marvelous deeds, the great grace and the mercy that God demonstrates to individual people. Do you share his marvelous deeds for us or for others or for individuals? And then we're going to end with this. So that's what we sing. Our, Our salvation, his glory among the nations, and his marvelous deeds among all peoples. But then why? Look at verse 4, turn and change it to the why. Because great is Yahweh and most worthy of praise. And so that's the first thing is God is great. Great is huge, bigger than our problems. That's why I love kind of like VeggieTales got it so right with God is bigger than the boogeyman. <laughs> because you got boogeyman as an adult too. We've seen that song, the kids like, God is bigger than a boogeyman. You know what I mean? And we're saying, oh, this is so fun to sing to our kids. And then we get into our life, and we're like, what's going to happen? I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. I don't know how I'm going to face tomorrow. What? We just told our kids, God's bigger than your problems. And then we don't act like that as adults. No, God is great. He's to be a praise. Look at what the word says. He is most worthy of praise. He's the utmost worthy of praise. He's to be feared above all gods. Look, it's a little g gods. There's no God like the true God. He's the God you don't mess with. He's the real God. He's the God that we tremble in his presence because of his awesome power, his ability. We say God is great. He's to be feared and respected, honored amongst all nations. See, this is the whole thing. God's accusation against other gods is they can't do anything, but he's not that God. He's the God that can do whatever he wants. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. Because the, here he goes into it, verse 5, because all the gods of the nations are idols. The word idols there is funny because it means they're useless. They're not helpful. They don't do anything. And this is a bit of a warning to us at church that if we're following God, it's useless and helpless and doesn't do anything. It's not God. Because God is not an idol. God is God. But worthless idols can bring nothing to our lives. They're false hope. What does it turn to then here? They're all idols. But the Lord made the heavens. And that's the second thing that we'll say here. Why we sing? We sing because God is great. We sing because God is our maker, our creator. By the way, going back to the point about singing a new song and being worried, this is why you can offer him a song of praise because he made you. He knows you. He knows how good and bad, how screwed up and how blessed, you know, how gifted and not. You could just give it back to him. And he knows. We sing because he made us, intimately knit us together in our mother's womb. That's what the Bible says. And he breathed life into us and he knows who we are. And he calls us forward. He calls us from death into life. He's the living God, the maker of everything. So that's why we sing to him. Look at verse 6. Splendor and majesty are before him. We sing because God is majestic, right? He's beautiful. These words become, he's splendid. They become, they begin to interact. It's the idea of splendor or vigor or authority. Uh, he has beauty, beauty and dignity and an array. And all this goes before him. 
You remember the story in, uh, I think it's Isaiah 6, where smoke fills the holy temple because the presence of the Lord is there, right? It goes before him. Like, there's a movement when God shows up in your life. Like, it's like the, the, the earth shakes, the things tremble. You remember the story about um, uh, the, the one who says that, that God is, is, there's a storm, there's all this stuff that comes before the Lord, and then the Lord speaks in a whisper. But there's all that pro- proclamation before he gets there. This glory moves before the Lord. He's majestic. He's holy. He's, he's reverent. He's worthy. It says that, doesn't it? It says it goes before him. And then lastly, strength and glory are found in his sanctuary. He is glorious, I put here. But watch this. He is what? He is strong. He's strong. Wait for it. Why do you sing a song about God? Because he is powerful. He's all those things. He's able. This is the great blessing of singing songs of who God is to God himself because it reminds us of who we follow. He's not a God who's not able. He's a God who's able. He's not a God who is absent. He's a God who's present. He's a God who loves us. He's a God who's with us. And then we can begin to walk through very difficult things and very great things and proclaim who he is. God goes before us. We get to sing our theology. I love that. By the way, this is why I asked the question, what song would you sing? If you were going to sing a song of God's attributes back to God, what would those attributes be? Who's the God that you worship? One of my f- concerns about us not being biblically literate is we just sing any old song in our heart. We won't think about how truthful it is. But if you begin to read the scriptures and integrate the things that God says about himself into the way you sing, you begin to reshape your life in his image. You begin to glorify him for who he is. We, we spend a lot less time worrying, a lot more time celebrating, a lot less time uh, fearful, a lot more time b- boldly proclaiming who he is in our life because he's powerful, strong, and glorious. This is the song, strength and glory are found, what's the last word, in his sanctuary. And that's Wherever he is, we're safe. Wherever he is, we worship. See, sometimes people call this space a sanctuary. Oh, let's go in the sanctuary. I mean, in the sanctuary, right? Listen to me. Sanctuary is wherever God is. Sanctuary is his presence, his life, his himself. So the question then today is this. What songs capture your heart? And again, I, I'm the guy. I'm not mad about the songs in your heart. I get it. I love, I love awesome music. But what songs are truly capturing your vision for your life? What songs guide your daily attitude or your direction? What are the things that you're saying aloud repeatedly to yourself or saying quietly in your head that are forming what you believe to be true? And then how do you sing? How do we sing? Pray with me if you would. Father God, I thank you so much for this morning. I thank you for a chance to consider what your psalmist writes, that, that we, we can be worshiping you all the time. And we've talked about a whole bunch of stuff today, Lord, and uh, I pray that whatever's of you sticks. I pray that if there's parts of our lives we need to surrender or re-surrender to you. I pray, Father this, God, this morning, and I, I sense it, that, that, that you have awakened in us uh, your spirit that would desire to please you and to worship you. And for that person or persons this morning here affected today, I pray that you would glorify yourself through the work you're going to do in their life, that their life be changed as they sing to you, as they praise you, 
and as they say things to you that you desire for us to say, Father God, would you continue to move and be glorified? We, we say it all the time. You, we deserve none of this, and you've given it all of it to us. We thank you so much for your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who opened the way to the temple worship and opened our way into true worship with you. And we thank you that wherever we go, he's with us, that he takes us with him, and we get to sing as we go the glory of the goodness of our Savior Jesus. May you continue to manifest yourself among us. May you continue to lead us forward as we long for eternity with you. Be glorified. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.